What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TMN Baseball Fan. I uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, things were pretty great here. We, uh, of course, have the Astros going to the World Series, which is a fantastic piece of news for us Texans here. Uh, maybe not so much for the rest of the world, but uh, in any event, we're really excited about that. So also found out that the Braves are going to the World Series in what might just be the craziest poetic justice ever. Uh, that has happened in baseball um, <laughs> in recent years anyway. So obviously, as you know, Major League Baseball pulled out of the All-Star Game in Atlanta. And now, uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, for political reasons and everything. Uh, and I won't get into that portion of things. But uh, really cool to be able to see Atlanta uh uh, to be able to uh, benefit from the World Series, whatever that brings. I obviously will be going for Houston, but uh, I probably won't hate it so much if the Braves win this one as compared to if, uh, say, the uh, Giants or Dodgers or you know some other team came, uh, came in town. And I really have nothing against these other teams. I'm a California kid, uh, uh, so... The Dodgers and Giants were obviously like, uh, you know, arch rivals uh, for me, you know, for the A's and everything. But again, it's not something I really kind of hold a grudge for on any team in baseball. So it would mainly be, a, a, you know, a feeling upset for, you know, the Astros losing over anything else. So, uh, but anyways, it'll be an interesting World Series. Really excited about it. So, uh, Next night, what we did, and uh, before we get into the baseball stuff, uh, we went to this uh, this fun murder mystery party. It was a, it was a cool thing because uh, we went to this murder mystery party where you're supposed to. It's kind of like an Inception deal. It seems like where uh, we were supposed to go as members of uh, the TV show The Office, playing uh, in the murder mystery. So kind of difficult to keep everything straight but it was a blast uh as it turns out uh i was the murderer and uh, so that was kind of a kind of a fun thing i didn't realize i was until uh about two hours before uh before we left but uh a fun time was had by all the uh our friends did a great job uh setting up uh, their house to uh uh look all halloweeny and uh as they always do each year but they also had a bunch of office pieces out which was which was great so and i also got i also won the award for most entertaining actor tied with uh, someone else in there so it was, it was really a uh, really great time but anyway so tonight what i want to talk about is uh, basically all about autographs and i'm going to tell you about some of my personal experiences uh, pluses and minuses of certain autographs over other, over others as well as um the types of autographs that you can get uh, my first uh, exposure, from what I recall, is I remember hearing of this thing where you can actually send uh, in pieces of mail with a baseball card to uh, some of your favorite players. I thought this was like the coolest thing ever. Like I had hit the jackpot, like no joke. And so what I did was I took my beloved 1989 Fleer Jose Canseco baseball card and I wrapped it in cellophane and keep in mind I was probably like nine years old at this point right wrapped it in cellophane and had second thoughts because I was thinking what if I lose this card of mine like there's no 
like no guarantee that this is going to come back <laughs> you know just so funny you know so funny because like it's a car that's worth a penny now or whatever but uh just so funny to think about this how i was so worried about this 89 fleer baseball card not being able to come back to me but uh, in any event i wrapped up in cellophane uh sent it in the pwe which stands for plain white envelope for those of you for those of you all that don't know that um and sent it off and uh i think probably and keep in mind this is at the height of Kinseiko's uh popularity two or three months go by and i think i had like in there as well like a, an invitation to my uh ninth or tenth birthday party for him and i never heard back about that unfortunately but <laughs> anyways it's okay uh so uh two or three months later i received it back and so what jose did was he actually signed on top of the cellophane and i was like first of all i was just like shocked that he actually sent it back but second of all i was really kind of disappointed i was like oh why didn't he take the cellophane off and then as an adult of course i'm thinking why did i put cellophane on anyways <laughs> it doesn't make sense it didn't help anything <laughs> didn't protect it or anything whatsoever but you know the mind of a nine-year-old right so uh but still it was fun to realize that there was a uh a connection there that like i had a card that I sent out to my favorite player that he opened up. My favorite player opened this up, signed it on the cellophane, and, uh, you know, kind of uh, sent it off. Which, by the way, guys, like, that, I sold that in a collection many, many years ago. So if you ever run across an 89 Flair Conseco that has a signature on the cellophane, let me know. Uh, that was probably mine. I probably shouldn't have uh, sold it, but I just didn't care about it at the time. <laughs> so I'd appreciate it. Let me know if you, if you ever run across that. Um, but anyway, it was a, uh, uh, it was a great thing for me to think of. And so, uh, around that same time period, my grandma and grandpa, they, uh, they gave me for my birthday, something that just absolutely floored me, uh, which is like probably the craziest thing I could have ever had at that point. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up and there was so like the 86 ready rookie, for instance, I didn't even, didn't even think of dreaming of something that big. That would have been crazy. But what they gave me was an autographed baseball of Canseco. And so there was a little kind of fingerprint kind of, uh, touch that looked like on the baseball, uh, at the bottom of it. And I remember my dad saying, you know, making a big deal of it and say, Tanner, you see this? Uh, Jose, that's Jose's fingerprint. Uh, so that means that he touched it and you touched it. And I always thought that was the coolest thing, even though, you know, dad had no idea, you know, if that was his or if that was another ball handler or that ate Cheetos or something and put it back in there or whatever, but kind of a funny thing. But yeah, it came in this little plastic uh, case on the, you know, typical 80s wood uh, plaque with the, uh, uh, or, you know, the, kind of the wood base with the, with a little plaque on there. It said Jose Canseco, maybe 88 MVP or something. I don't know exactly what it said back then, but, uh, you know, really kind of a, kind of a fun, fun piece. So like, you know, I had, I had these two autographs where, you know, I was just kind of over the moon about them. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, after like looking at in a Beckett magazine, I think there was this, uh, collector that had, I don't know, I think he had like nine King Griffey Jr. autographs. And I started thinking like, who on earth needs, 
not two, not three, not four, but nine autographs of the same guy. That seems repetitive, doesn't it? Like, why would somebody do that? It just didn't make sense to me. And, you know, of course, <laughs> you know the rest of the story. Come back to uh, the hobby, and all of a sudden there's these people uh, that are collecting uh, not just dozens, but hundreds of autographs of the same player. And, you know, and obviously down the road I became one of those people. Uh, in fact, uh, a friend of mine, I think they just uh, crossed the threshold for like a thousand uh, different autographs of the same player. I mean, who, <laughs> who would have thought that? Like, you know, back in 1989, 1990, nine-year-old Tanner would have never thought that that would have been, you know, something that would have happened for anybody. But so uh, anyways, it's, uh, it's amazing how the card companies took something like, uh, you know, like an autograph something that's like almost sacred to collectors and they integrated it into being part of the card so and that's kind of a big change that's happened a big shift that's occurred in this hobby is you know before you would want to get autographs on anything that you could get your hands on uh you know uh, a business card a napkin a baseball uh you know a base card of anything that you could get your hands on and it really didn't matter what they signed with right like you could try with markers you could try with pens it just didn't matter and then when the card companies got involved they started standardizing them all you know and they all had they're all about the same size um they all fit perfectly within to the, within the design of the card uh the the pen strokes were beautiful they they had they weren't too fat they weren't too thin they were all blue, unless you had like a special edition, which was red. And then to top it off on the back, you had a built-in COA, which was fabulous. I mean, that was great. So there's a big difference from taking a player of like, let's say George Brett caliber, and you have this beautifully card, uh, beautifully designed card that has an actual spot for him to sign. So they use like this, uh, I know they used to use Stadler, uh, Luminicolor, I think. Uh, markers, if I remember correctly, or pens uh, for the players to sign. So they they flow beautifully. They look nice. They're not too fat, not too thin uh, strokes. But you know, back in the day, you could get a uh, you know bust out an 88 Donner's card and have them uh, sign in a thick black marker, and you know you'd be happy as a clam because you've got it. But now it's like, no, 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 that's not okay because you know that's not what's standardized anymore. So, <laughs> so it's kind of kind of a funny deal so there's definitely different breeds of autograph collectors by the way uh there are some that they will their autograph hounds they will take uh sheets and sheets and sheets of the same player and they will go to every spring training game they will uh go to hotels which is really kind of like a fascinating uh case study in and of itself like i think it's uh uh it would be cool to be inside the the mind and, and be with some of these people that do this as they do it um you know because they have so many fun stories they've been able to rub elbows with uh, these players and uh you know like a lot of these people this is their life this is their passion is uh is i think they call it graphing if i remember correctly but uh, they they do these things and uh you know it doesn't matter who it is i mean it could be like uh you know any any player that's like that like let's say Bo Diaz, like I think he was a, uh, 
catcher for the Reds in the 90s, if I remember correctly, or something like that. Like, it could be him. They would chase him down and have, like, a sheet of nine cards, and they would ask him to sign all nine of them. And not just that, not just him, but, you know, Jose Rijo and, uh, you know, Nick Asaski, and then you have, like, I mean, just anybody, anybody you can get your hands on uh, in spring training. And so, and, you know, when they find them in the hotels during games, and, I mean, just uh, all kinds of uh, different ways they go about it. And so I remember running into this guy on eBay, which is kind of an interesting deal. It's a, it's a nice little uh, little uh, lesson for people to learn as well and, and for me to remind myself that there's a whole lot going on underneath the surface of eBay. So uh, this guy, he was selling, uh, I think, like about 25 autographs for $15, like just a mix of players. And I noticed that he had a few lots. So I wrote, I wrote to him. I reached out to him. I said, hey, um, I see you have a, a few lots. Like what, you know, tell me your story. What do you have? And he opened up to me and he said, yeah. So uh, if I remember correctly, I think he had about 7,000 autographs. And I go, whoa, dude, that's like a ton. How did you get all these? Like, what did you do? And, and sure enough, he was this grapher guy that uh, would go to all of the spring training games. Uh, he, I think he lived in Arizona, so he'd go to the spring training games there. And, uh, you know, that's what he did for years and years and years. He says, it's just time for me to, you know, part with these. And so it was, it was like really crazy. Like he had uh, all kinds of different players. Some of the players were duplicated several times over because he would be the guy that would get the Bo Diaz nine times or whatever, you know. And uh, there were some stars some semi-stars, but mainly just like common guys. Uh, and so it's kind of a fun thing either way. And so we ended up striking a deal. And mainly is because, not because I wanted to collect these uh, in-person autographs. They're called IP autos. If you've ever seen that online, it means in-person autographs. They're collected in person. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought, you know, hey, look, if I, if I get into these cheap enough, uh, you know, I, I think I can make some money off this. So I end up buying them and I'm going to make up some numbers here because I don't recall, especially, but I know people like numbers and I think this is close to what it was, but I think I probably bought them for, you know, like $1,500, uh, all, all in. And so he shipped them over to me and, you know, we're talking just row after row of nothing but autograph cards really cool stuff really cool stuff i go man okay so i think i can do something with this so i ended up trying to break up some of them and i say you know this is just like this is a lot of work i don't know if i want to invest myself too heavily in uh putting up like seven thousand auctions or whatever uh you know i'll end up being in the same position as the seller was to begin with so uh i put them all up together and i was contacted by a few people out of state and a couple guys, they ended up flying out to do a deal. And I ended up selling them for, uh, I think it was like 3,500 or something. So made a couple grand off of it uh, without really doing a whole lot. But it was kind of a fun thing because not only was I able to kind of uh, dive into some fun autographs like that and see what there was and, you know, learn of this guy's story, uh, you know, but I, I didn't have to uh, do a whole lot of work moving these but it's also like one of my first exposures to realizing you know hey when we start talking to people 
you have no idea what they have uh, because there could be a whole lot of fun and interesting stuff that they have under the surface that they aren't even listing yet. So, which is, you know, obviously an incredible uh, deal. So I actually just uh, did a deal for some Lego sets like that, uh, um, you know, a couple days ago for my son Atticus's birthday. He just turned 19 and was going to pick up a, an R2-D2 Lego set, and uh, which was like a really good price. And he's like, hey, I've got this other Star Wars set. It's like, okay, so I picked that up. And then he had like three other fantastic deals of uh, Lego sets that were uh, new when I go oh man so I ended up picking up those too so hopefully you know the, the plan is to sell those and you know basically get everything for free and put some extra money in my pocket which is always fun and those sets he didn't offer online you know he said hey I haven't listed these yet let me show you go, okay cool you know so you never know just uh, you know be open to talking to people um, but anyway so going back to the autographs uh, you know so everybody loves in-person autographs uh well everybody loves autographs it seems like to begin with and in-person autographs are great but they've lost a little bit of their luster just because of what the card companies have introduced uh you know the past several years uh and well when i say several years past 20 years now i guess <laughs> yeah things have uh, things have changed drastically i guess uh more drastically yeah than i than i uh uh, I think, but uh, but another thing that people do is they do TTM autographs, which uh, stands for through the mail. Kind of, it's it's exactly what I did with Jose back when I was nine years old. But there are people that do this very aggressively, um, and I got into this like you know a ton, like about probably six years ago or so. And what I would do, kind of like what the card companies would do, is. I would send out like a little clear sticker and I would have all kinds of baseball players and actors and actresses and other types of celebrities to uh, uh, sign them and, and send them back to me. So that way I had stickers that I could put on my custom cards. Every now and then I would go ahead and send an actual custom card to get signed. Uh, some were lost uh, and that's just kind of the name of the game. Not everybody signs, but um, what I use by the way is this is going to be helpful to you all. I, I think they're still up. So there's two places that are going to be an invaluable resource for you. Number one is sportscardforum.com. Uh, they have a database, I think, if I remember correctly, of uh, successes that people have had sending autograph requests to people as well as addresses. Um, the other is one called startiger.com. That was by far the best one that I've seen. Um, and uh, with startiger.com, they have like all kinds of addresses. They have a bunch of people on there that, uh, that comment saying, hey, I sent this to, for instance, uh, James Earl Jones. I had three autograph requests. He sent it back to me within three weeks. Um, I sent this to Tony Danza and uh, he didn't respond the first time, but a year later when I uh, sent something to his uh, play that he was in, I got it back in six weeks. And, uh, you know, so I bring up those two guys as an example because, uh, both seem to be great. Um, I, uh, I sent, uh, James Earl Jones, uh, some Star Wars, uh, card customs I made and of Darth Vader and I had, and he signed them and a couple stickers, if I remember correctly too. And I haven't done anything with the stickers. I don't think, I think I still have them in sticker form. Uh, and Tony Danza, I did some really cool 
uh, Tony Danza stickers, one from uh, Taxi, one from Who's the Boss, and one from him as a, as a boxer, like a Gypsy Queen Superfractor custom. And I told him, I said, hey, Tony, if you uh, want one of these, uh, you know, let me know and I'll be happy to make one for you. So he wrote me back and he goes, uh, hey, Tanner, I really like the boxing one. And so it was kind of cool. I didn't expect to uh, hear back from him on that. But, uh, you know, same thing with uh, uh, Nick Offerman. He's uh, Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. And I love that show. Uh, he, uh, I asked him if he could uh, inscribe the little mini card custom of his I created that uh, I say, would you mind inscribing it uh, with bacon? Because he is a big bacon guy uh, on Parks and Rec. And uh, so he actually uh, uh, wrote me back and said, you know, Tanner, I will try hard uh, to fulfill your request. However, the spot to sign is so blanking uh, small uh, or something like that. So it was really kind of funny because I was like, hey, I uh, <laughs> had, a, had a fun little colorful uh, back and forth with, uh, with one of my favorite uh, uh, characters on one of my favorite shows. So it was kind of a kind of neat thing. So. And again, it doesn't really cost a whole lot. It costs you 50 cents for a stamp up there and 50 cents for the stamp to come back. And by the way, for those of you all who don't know this, the, let me tell you the formula real quick if you want to get into uh, TTM autographing, which is just a, it's a blast. Like some of these you won't hear back for, from for like months or a year. But when you check your mailbox and you get one, you will get hooked. I guarantee it. But anyway, so the way to do it, is uh, like I said, startiger.com. Uh, sign up there. I think it's probably 20 bucks a year or something like that. Uh, that's what it was when I looked you know, a few years ago. And uh, look up the person that you want. So like, let's say you want to see if uh, Creed from the office signs through the mail and you find out he does. Well, you get the address and you, uh, what you do is you uh, drop in an index card or anything you want him to sign, a picture or whatever, and you write him a letter. Say, hey, dear Creed, I love you on the office and you know, wherever else you might have been in, and I'm a big fan. Uh, I would love to add your autograph to my collection. Would you please sign this enclosed? Uh, thank you very much. Sincerely, your number one fan, whoever. And inside this, it's important that you do this step. Uh, a lot of people don't know this part. What you need to do is you need to include a second envelope inside this envelope that's addressed to you that's stamped already. So that way, uh, whenever Creed signs something for you or whoever, all they have to do is sign the item, stuff it in the envelope, seal it up, and put it in their mailbox, and that's it. Um, that's, it. that's a crucial part. There are some people that don't do this, and, and as a... Uh, uh, a warning every now and then you'll hear some people some uh, some baseball players or celebrities that will respond and say you know hey uh, due to all of the requests I get I can't fulfill this at this time here's your item back however if you do want this please send it again along with $15 or $20 or whatever that happens every now and then I've never had that before but there are some people that have uh, some say $5 I think I did that with uh, I, if I remember correctly, I think I did that with Dave Henderson that requested $5 to like a charity or something like that. So before he passed away, I did that uh, because I was working on 
an A9 World Series custom project. So all I had to do was toss in $5 with the card and send it off and you know, I got it back, which is really cool. I mean, it's just kind of a fun connection that you have. And so again, this isn't just baseball players. This is basketball, this is football, this is whatever sport you think of. This is any type of celebrity. Um, the possibilities are endless and you could like get lost in this like glorious world of TTM autographing. I mean, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I've gotten, uh, let's see who, I think I've gotten like Gina Carano, Ronda Rousey. There's a, uh, I don't know if you know the show Wipeout. I tried to send it to all three of them there, but I only got the, the woman that was the, what was her name? Jill, something or other. Uh, she sent, she sent it back. I got a David Spade that was personalized of an eight by 10. So some of these, some of these people, by the way, have actual four by sixes or eight by tens that they'll send to you. Um, I did this for, uh, George W. Bush. Uh, there's just, I have a pile of these, you know, that I did. I, I, I stopped eventually because I was thinking, man, this is, this is very time consuming, but man, it's so fun. It's uh, it's, it's a blast, especially when you can marry them to like custom cards. But anyway, so we're going to move past this and we're going to talk about the actual card companies, what they've done. So obviously this is kind of like a sacred thing, uh, autographing, getting a piece of somebody that you admire that actually held in their hand and took the time to read what you wrote or whatever and sign their name. And a lot of times there's going to be a personal story that's attached to these as well. Uh, before I go into the card companies, I want to say one more thing as well. Uh, I thought, whenever you go to card shows, by the way, I always see these long lines, right, of these people that are in line and paying these crazy prices um, to get some of their uh, uh, favorite player uh, player sign. I, I, I start. I almost got to a point where I was kind of laughing at people that were doing this. I was like, <laughs> you know, what are you doing paying, you know, 50 or $75 for a Craig Biggio autograph? You can get something like that for 20 bucks on eBay or something. That's nuts. And then a light went off. I go, oh my gosh, I know what it's about. It's about the experience. It's about meeting him. So uh, I did a few uh, Donner's Customs, Ray Rookie Customs years ago. And it clicked with me. It clicked with me hard. And I realized what, uh, what the fuss was about, why people were willing to pay more money. And so I actually shared these, uh, these three cards online on Friday, I think, if you want to check my Twitter, at TanManBBFan. Uh, and yeah, I think it was Friday. So you can see what they look like. But I did one of an 88 Donner's Raid rookie of Craig Biggio, an 87 Donner's Raid rookie of Tom Glavin, and a 90 Donner's Ray rookie of Frank Thomas. Obviously, none of these cards were ever made before. I did fun custom rainbow kind of borders and it was a blast, they turned out great. And so one weekend, all three of those guys were in town at TriStar, the card show. So I took them in and I had each one sign and I was able to get them, uh, like they, first of all, they all loved them. Uh, I was able to get a picture with all of them, just with uh, somebody that was standing in line behind me with my phone. And I said, hey, do you mind if I hop back there with you and if uh, this guy takes a picture? And they said, yeah, sure, no problem. So they did that. And uh, that, was a, that was a great memory. Another thing was uh, a great memory was Frank Thomas. Such a great guy. Like he, he went nuts over the card that I created. He goes, oh man, this is the coolest thing ever. I love this. And 
this is such a neat design and, and it was just like a great memory you know and so uh that was fun that was incredibly fun so in any event like that's part of autographing is the experience you know so uh, anyways let's move on now to the card companies um so the card companies have realized how important autographs are to the collectors of course obviously not uh limited to the card collecting genre uh there's uh all, like people from all walks of life they understand they love and know how important and cool autographs are uh and it's actually a uh a pastime that was really kind of uh kind of brought into the forefront that was started by king kelly and you've heard me talk about king kelly a lot now i'm sure uh, but he was uh, documented in many places as being the first person that people would chase down to get his autograph. We have other autographs from people that are older than him for sure uh, because of historical documents or, or whatever. But he was reportedly the first person that people would actually uh, try to uh, seek and chase down for his autograph. And he was happy to oblige. But as the, as the story goes, apparently a lot of these never, you know, uh, don't exist anymore because he would use pencil a lot of times. And so that has faded over the past, you know, one and a quarter century. Uh, but anyway, so the card companies, uh, they've done a handful of them. So there's three different types of autographs that the card companies will do. Number one is on card. Everybody loves the on card autographs, right? Uh, so especially when you have... Uh, I'll say four types, I guess, here. So the on-card on autograph, that means like Tops, for instance, will have a beautiful five-star design. And inside the design itself, there's a section for the player to sign. And so if you look on Instagram or Twitter, every now and then you'll see uh, actual players sign, uh, show pictures of stacks and stacks and stacks of their cards that are unsigned as they're signing them, saying, hey, here's the shipment I got from Tops." or panini or leaf or whatever and you see them signing you know sometimes hundreds of them at one time and uh, it's kind of fun it's really fun to see this like behind the scenes deal so I, that's what i love about social media you can actually kind of have a uh in you know inside view of of what's going on um so anyways and it's kind of funny because like uh you'll see a player like daryl strawberry which by the way facebook follow the man he's great uh, you'll see Gerald Strawberry have like, uh, you know, I don't know, hundred cards of one type of like, let's say five star, you know, there's 50 of them that are out 50. Then you have 25 of the, of the out 25 and 15 out of 15, 10 out of 10, five out of five, and then the one of one or something. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of funny how all this happens is just rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. So there's not really any story behind it, but in and of itself, each one of these are highly collectible and, you know, just amazingly beautiful cards. So the other thing that people do or that card companies do is they also have had uh, these players sign sheets and sheets and sheets of stickers. And so that way the card companies can take these stickers and they can create the same beautiful type of cards with the same little area for a for an autograph and then they'll just take a sticker and they'll slap it in that area and you know so it's called a sticker autograph so a lot of people and there's a lot of people in the hobby that uh don't mind this at all uh i i'm kind of on the fence you know with this but 
there's a lot of people also in the hobby that hate them. <laughs> they don't like it because it feels more like a manufactured kind of deal. There's no, uh, you know, the, the player probably never even touched the card itself. Uh, you know, it just feels like a, yeah, it just feels like a manufactured, uh, you know, thing that's, uh, that's been pushed out with no real soul to it. And so uh, for me, I personally like, uh, I have no problem with sticker autographs so long as the design that's for is meshed in with it nicely. If the design does not have a place for it and it doesn't look right like with it, I just can't stand those. I, you know, that turns me off big time. Uh, but some of my favorite cards in my collection are sticker autographs um, because they built the design to hold a sticker and it just looks really nice and it goes really well together. Um, so uh, drawbacks, there's pluses and minuses. There's you know this kind of negative stigma that as I just talked about that ha that people have for it but also uh, one uh, you know so it's also bad because I think uh, it really dilutes what's out there so if you have for instance Buster Posey for example I don't know what his signature is like or if it's hard or whatever or if he has a tops contract with him or not but anyway like they could have him sign 500 things 500 stickers or you know 5,000 stickers for all I know and that means that we will have you know 5,000 Buster Posey autographs in the future uh, we probably will anyways okay so that's just kind of how it goes with the card companies now they will not stop um, so I uh, you know kind of the bummer of that is it's like it's going to really make autographs very 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 common where it used to be kind of a fun cool you know thing like hey listen i have a ken griffey jr autograph and it's like well you know everybody's got a ken griffey jr autograph you know it's not it's not true but like everybody can get one pretty affordably now at this at this point which again has some pluses and minuses to it um but in any event uh like i remember uh Kinseko, he wasn't really signing a whole lot in the uh, early to mid 2000s so his cards back then that were signed went for a great deal of money. Uh, I mean, like base, I think would, would go for, you know, 50 plus dollars. Uh, whereas now, ever since Top signed him again, he had these uh, uh, all kinds of cards made uh, of him from 2014 on. You can get some of these uh, sticker autographs and some long card autographs for 10 to $15. Um, whole reason why is because they're just wildly plentiful now. They just weren't back then. But now they are, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, there's all kinds of sheets out there. So uh, interesting thing is with these uh, stickers is that you can have new cards that are produced with players autographs from beyond the grave. Now I'll give you an example. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Bob Gibson um, and Sam Usual this happened also. Like I think Bob Gibson was the, was one of the later, uh, more, more recent ones where they created a new card. They said, well, wait a second. He passed away like last year. How do they have new cards? Well, that's because Topps has a, you know a library of these sticker autographs of these guys. Um, so uh, they obviously can't get any more of him. But uh, it goes to show you that uh, these card companies they're set for quite a while for some of these players. Where no matter what happens to them, they can make as many as they as they please, depending on how many that they have on file. Um, so again, there's good and bad of that. I think for somebody that's a Bob Gibson collector, they're probably happy about it because they're like, well, hey, 
I get new cards of Bob Gibson, but not only new cards, but uh, also cards with his signature. So the next piece about this, of this is uh, the cut autograph where, and you'll see this a lot in high-end type of releases like tra uh, Transcendent for Tops. You'll see this for like Babe Ruth cards and Ty Cobb cards. Like you obviously don't have, uh, you know, they can't sign stickers. <laughs> they've, been, they've been dead for decades, you know. And uh, so what they'll do is there'll be card companies that will, for National Treasures and for, from Panini and everything as well, is they'll take, and I create a lot of these myself when people uh, send them to me. Uh, they'll take like an index card of say Ty Cobb or a check uh, that's been signed by him. And the card companies will cut that out and embed it in the card as if it was a game use piece. And there you go, you have a cut signature card. And obviously the next thing, uh, the final you know, piece that they have that I can think of off the top of my head are the buybacks where card companies will take old base cards for the most part, 88 Donruss, 89 Donruss, uh, you know, 90 tops, 91 tops, all this, and have the players sign them, and then the card companies will uh, serial number them and put their little archive stamp on it and encase it and put a sticker around the, the case. And there you go, you have uh, you know, a card that's uh, not been designed for the autograph, but the autograph is there anyway. Uh, and so, you know, because it was signed after the fact of the card actually being designed. That's a buyback. So uh, those are the four ways that the card companies handle this. Uh, and so another good thing about stickers, by the way, which has been kind of fun for me, is whenever it comes to creating a custom, the stickers give me a great opportunity of being able to lift the stickers up and use my own projects, uh, which is great. So uh, I guess I'm going to end this off by the way by uh, talking about something like what my mindset has been uh, over the past several years and my latest purchase which is you know I'm really excited about it and it's kind of a fun thing because it was something I really didn't uh, get uh, <laughs> I actually had this card before sold it because I didn't really care too much about it and then as I started thinking about it I started going man this is actually in its own right kind of like a grail card so uh, to go forward, here are my thoughts. My thoughts are on autographs is at first, I thought that like the gold standard were pack pulled on card autographs. I still think they are for the most part. However, um, you know, so the, actually I thought that to the point of where I started thinking in-person autographs through the mail autographs were kind of second rate, didn't really like them all that much, didn't care about them, didn't really even collect them. Right, like if uh, if somebody had like a, a Kenseiko signed, you know, A7 Fleer or, or whatever, A6 Fleer, I had zero interest, like less than zero interest, uh, because it wasn't pack pulled and you know, just just no interest whatsoever. And uh, but you know, hey, if they if it was uh, if it was pack pulled or something or if it was a buyback, I'd be like, yes, please. You know, not anymore, of course. But uh, when I was collecting everything, yeah, I just didn't care about the in person stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> then, and that kind of leads me to the card that I was just talking about. It's a 1988 Mother's Cookies card. Let me talk about the, uh, you know, the Bash Brothers for a second. I'll probably be talking about this later at some point too. So, interestingly enough, the biggest duo uh, in recent baseball history that people remember, at least for the 80s, 90s, 
is Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, obviously, uh, the Bash brothers. They were, you know, flying high, but interestingly enough, there is a very small handful of cards that were ever created with both of them. Uh, you have 87 Donner's Highlights, which is a weird sideways card. You have uh, 88 Classic Red, I think, if I remember correctly. You have 88 Fleer, uh, and then you have 88 Tops Team Leaders, uh, which was a checklist for the A's. Other than that, uh, prior to them uh, retiring, they don't have anything else other than that I know of or that I, that I can think of right now is this beautiful 88 Mother's Cookies card, which, by the way, to me, blows away every single other card that I just mentioned. Uh, it's borderless, it's cornerless, it's crisp photography, high glossy, it looks like it was a uh, actual photograph. It was basically perfect, just a beautiful card. Like in fact, I think Mother's Cookies were some of the most beautiful cards ever made in the 80s, one of the most underrated uh, you know, card types ever uh, in that time period. So I had a card that was signed in person by Conseco McGuire. And I thought, you know, kind of, that's, that's really neat. It's kind of a cool thing. I almost felt like it was almost like a must have, you know, because like, hey, they're, especially because McGuire will not sign anything that has Conseco on anymore because of their feud, because of the book that Conseco came out with. So that makes it extra rare because it means that uh, he likely signed it around the same time as Jose. So problem is, is I sold it because I had that mindset of, uh, at that point, if it's in-person autograph, if it's not pack pulled and certified, I don't want it. So I don't really care. And I go, huh. So I, I sold it. And then within the past month or so, I started thinking, man, that was a massive mistake. Like that was history. Like it was the best looking card in my opinion, like the greatest Bash Brothers card in my opinion, that was signed by both players. And uh, it looked so wonderful. And so I started looking for them. I go, well, there's not many that I can find. And so ultimately one popped up and I actually ended up doing a deal for it. It's PSA DNA certified. I don't do cards that are graded of Kinseiko, um, uh ever. I mean, I, in fact, I've broken out various PSA 10s because I don't care about the grading when it comes to my Consego collection. This card is different though. Uh, it's like I've, I have this encapsulated uh, historical piece that was signed by uh, two of the most amazing, uh, uh, like just the most amazing duo of players ever in my, uh, in my opinion from the time that, I, that I've been living, that I've been alive. And uh, very rare because, you know, like I said before, McGuire's not signing anything of Kinseiko anymore. So what that means is this card was likely signed around the time of the height of their popularity. And so to me, this card's like everything, like it's got everything going for it. And there's simply, <laughs> there's simply no card that they come out with today that's gonna touch it when it comes to Bash Brother cards. Uh, as far as autographs go, um, you know, so Leaf finally, I think Leaf was the first company that did a dual autograph card 
uh, that released a dual autograph card of them together on the same card that's not in booklet form because Panini did that about five, six years ago. I did a custom of that, by the way. I've gotten a couple of customs I've done of these guys and crazy story about those. I'll tell you for, you know, I'll say for later another day. But, um, you know, the <laughs> Leaf, Leaf came out with them and there's a one of one. I was like, oh man, this is incredible. I checked Beckett later and Leaf has come out with 12 of the exact same Bash Brothers dual one of one just with different colors. So there's no other parallels. There's no out of five, no out of 10. Every single one of them is a one of one. <laughs> so, uh, which is funny too, because like, interestingly enough, they still go for between five and $600. Um, and understandably so, because collectors don't have a proper card to really kind of commemorate, uh, you know, what has been done uh, in the 80s. Like they made the 80s for a lot of people. Uh, they made... Conseco McGuire together probably made more fans of baseball that stuck around and collectors that have come back than any other duo in this time period. So in any event, uh, my thinking is this. The Mother's Cookies dual autograph is the number one best <laughs> that cannot be topped when it comes to uh, dual autograph signed by the Bash Brothers. My personal opinion, you may not agree. However, with that said, um, there are a couple for sale on eBay right now. I think there's probably, uh, and by the way, these all have come from, if I remember correctly, uh, the vice president or something of Mother's Cookies from his collection, uh, which funneled through uh, one of Canseco's buddies, who's one of my friends as well, Carlos. And I think there was about eight of them or so. And so there's not, you know, despite the fact that there's two online right now, there's just not a whole lot of these circulating that I know of. I, th I think that there's very, very, very few. But in any event, uh, if anybody's interested, there's a couple of them uh, for sale right now uh, and on eBay. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a much better card to get than you know anything that the card companies will put out now. Uh, just because they're just simply amazing. I mean, the photography is beautiful. The time period that they had to be been signed on. Uh, the PSA DNA certification. I mean, just everything's just perfect. So it is sitting, my copy is sitting right next to uh, my A9 World Series game used team autograph baseball. And yeah, I couldn't be happier. It's one of those cards where, uh, you know, you look at and you have it and you don't really care about too much. You like it, but you don't care about enough to keep. And then once it's gone, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so super happy that uh, I have one back home in my collection and yeah so if you're a Bash Brothers fan check that out guys uh, look on eBay there's last time I checked there's two of them so uh, good luck to you all if you want to uh, pick one up and uh, so anyways yeah that goes for uh, you know that kind of concludes the podcast episode on autographs I'm sure I have a whole lot more to say but we're running out of time because I'm about uh, to finish up my walk here so I'll go ahead and end now so thank you as always for listening